stay tuned to the end of the video. We're going to be giving away one year of Key Collector. That's right. We're in for our fun one. Comic fam. Oh my goodness. It's Bags and Boards episode number what? 25. 25 episodes. And it's been a month. And I know that it's been a little too long. And it's okay. We're here. Because we're here now. Because we're in Chicago. That's right. Hometown of yours. My hometown. You got the Windy City. Which, by the way, the Windy City, it's not because it's windy. It's because the politicians back in the day were just windbags blowing a lot of hot air. That's why they call Chicago the Windy City. Did you know that? I didn't know that, but hey, is that true? Freaking that's windy. true. That's I've true. never heard. I thought it's it was windy bad. because of the there's wind. A lot, well, there's a lot of wind. That's well, true. There is a lot of wind. Tell me, how dope is my new coat? Because I knew that once we came down here to Chicago, it was going to be unbearable. It's, it's like nice 25 coat. degrees out here. You know what? It's a nice coat, but people want to talk about comics, Tom. You know what? We are going to talk about comics. We're going to talk about a handful of things today. Um, Otis, the comic book stock investment company. Yeah, they have some comic books that they're going to be bringing to the market soon that I think it'd be fun to chat about and get your opinion on. And Jeff's too, because you were here the first time we chatted about Otis when they came on the market originally. We got punchline stuff to discuss and Rob Liefeld making himself look look like well let the, we'll let the community decide what he's making himself look like how about that right so hit the subscribe button and let's just jump into the very first topic because i think what has happened this last week and a half about two weeks now hasn't happened in years which is just crazy crazy comic book speculation purchasing lcs activity and social media happening in the comic book community that's right this punchline character pretty much came out of nowhere. And when she did, it was an explosion in the collecting market, the reader's market, the speculator market. There's been a lot of butting heads about these this appearance and also a lot of confusion. Yeah, you were explaining it to me because I'm mostly on the older side. So with this modern book, you were just telling me like who punchline is, what the... The big kerfuffle is of, of, like, why fans are so upset. So, one more time, like, break it down. Because I think people really need to know the real understanding of where this is all coming from. Yeah, let's take it back to prior to the release of Batman 89, where this all really started to take off. Right, well, it all came from James Tinian. And I think that's what we agreed how to say his last name, right? Pretty, guys? pretty sure that's what... All right, so James, saying. he sent out something in a newsletter where he was saying, who is this person on uh, number 92, Batman 92? And it was a, it's, a, it's a woman with a knife, and she's mostly obscured in shadows. But he reveals, it could, it, this is punchline, right? This is punchline. On the Yasmin Tree cover of 92, you see her in the like bottom left, but it's a character no one knew, and he's trying to hype it a little bit. Right, So, but what he said is, well, we could be seeing her in 89, we could be seeing her in uh, Hell Arisen number three, or maybe we could even see her in Joker's 80th anniversary. And people were like, well, what, which one is it? What, what? And it turns out it was actually, he sort of laid out what her appearances were going to be. It was going to be a cameo appearance in 89, and then there was going to be her full appearance in Hell Arisen number three, and then Joker's 80th anniversary, which hasn't come out yet, is going to be her origin. Uh, first cover appearance in 92. So everybody, you know, finally sort of agree. Okay, it's gonna be Batman eighty nine. That that entire, you know, first cameo. But then he did another newsletter where he said, "Well, 
you're going to see her cameo in 89. Then you're going to see her full body appearance. Her full body appearance. I don't think I've ever actually heard a content creator in the comic book collector's community call a full appearance a full body appearance. How about a caveat there? And, but you didn't even realize that he might have been saying, well, is he saying it's a full appearance or is he saying it's a full body appearance? Because then people started to get confused. Mm-hmm. Hey, is Hella Risen, is it going to be another cameo? Because we're sort of putting all of our, you know, all, all of our, what's the, what's the term? What's Eggs the, in one basket. Eggs in one basket. Right. But then, and, and then people were thinking, well, maybe it's 92 that it's going to be a full appearance. But why this character? Like, new comic book characters get introduced to the market regularly. Happens all the time. And most of the time, they don't spike like crazy, especially to the way that the comics have spiked over the last two weeks. Very aggressive sales. But why this character? Well, because she was being said to be a new henchman. She's got ties to Joker. Her character design is pretty cool. And the word Harley Quinn, like, competition has now been thrown in. But you really said it's it's pretty much Joker's new girlfriend. Right. And, and, you know, if you... We know that Harley Quinn is a a major character, and you don't really see uh, a whole lot of advanced sort of promotion of new characters. Most of the time we're surprised by it. So the fact that this was sort of talked about and books had already been ordered, so they were there was a finite amount of them, you know, made people really go crazy over this appearance. This Batman 89 came out the gate last Wednesday that we're recording this. It made number one on our top 10 list because people bought it in troves. Everyone picked this book up. Right. Okay. So today is Wednesday. It's Hell Arisen came out today. And there are about 600 sales on eBay of Hell Arisen number three, which is her first full appearance punchline. And there are maybe 300 of these books listed. So a major complaint that we've been seeing pop up in online and hearing about is that oh, people are just buying this comic book so that they could they could flip it. They want to make money. This is a greed thing. You know, people that are reading it are not able to get it. And it, and it seems like you would think reading all this that all of the books are being purchased and flipped. But really, if we're talking about 600 comic books that have been sold and 300 comic books that are listed, that's just under a thousand books. And this print run, Hell Arisen number two, there were 350, there were 35,000 comics that went out to the market. So if that's similar, we're talking about less than 1% of books that are being bought and sold online. Yeah, I think this is a lot bigger than just people trying to make a quick buck. Now, are there people getting the book for five bucks and then posting it online and having it sell for 40. Of course, that that does happen. That also happens all the time, regularly. This particular situation, I think, is a bit of FOMO. You know, people want to secure their book. But it's like, it's key. It's a key book. Let me cut you off because the FOMO thing is, this is a hobby. This is collecting. People collect. I mean, so is FOMO something that should be, I mean, that it's, you know, Wanting to collect the history of a comic book title that you that you love, a first appearance, a possible new significant character, right. that is part that is woven into collecting. Okay, so you could be a reader. You could be a reader. You could buy stuff digitally, and maybe look, I could be a comic book reader that buys digitally or buys graphic novels because I want to read everything at once. But I could want to collect the keys because I like to own 
those little bits of pop culture history that are new introduction of characters. So, yeah, I think a lot of the problem for me when I hear it is that people feel like they have a right to own every book. Like, I have a right when I show up at this shop to have my copy. It should be there. Okay. The shop but should have ordered enough for everybody outside of their shelf, which have, isn't the case. Yeah, yet when the shop has got too many books, you know, like, where, where are you buying those other issues? Okay? Like, a shop can't count for the interest level of every person who's going to come through that door. They will go out of business. They have to keep their orders tight. I'm sorry. Okay? And because you are a reader and you're buying this book... You are no more special than somebody who's a collector wanting to buy that book. You are not owed that right. But I'm are you sorry. saying? But are you saying the collector that comes in once every two months? Are you saying that they are equal in weight? The reader who buys every week, or the collector that comes in once every two months? Are those are those equal equal customers of importance? Oh, if you're talking about customers for a shop. Yeah. Then obviously the person coming more frequently is important. Right. So do okay. you want it? Doesn't the shop want to make sure that that person gets their book? Well, if that person's well, a regular, how, they should have a shop. If that person is that regular, like I said, if he wants to guarantee a book, but if he is unaware of a book and its popularity, and someone else comes in that shop and buys them, am I going to turn away as a shop owner customers? This is an interesting because, conversation like, here. Like I like where this is going because. This actually was the main reason why I wanted to talk about this book today, because aside from seeing the biggest wave of like collectors go to their LCS and just in, uh, you can't even count how many people. I saw somebody today post that they were at their shop at 6 a.m. waiting at the door to get their copy. Camping out. Camping out. <laughs> so like seeing that to me, that's a win. The publisher produced something that's awesome. And mind you, if you don't think that's okay, like if you're like, oh, someone waited outside at 6 o'clock for a comic book, okay, I want to remind everybody that we're talking about something in print form that is available digitally. This is all stuff that shouldn't be right, happening, right? 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 Yeah. But, but here's, here's the thing, though. I started collecting when I was nine. I never had a, a pull box. I liked the... The, the pageantry, the tradition of walking into a comic book store, sure. looking through everything, pulling it off the shelf, taking a look through it. If somebody collected all that stuff for me, put it in a box so that I could pick it up, it's not that those the romanticism were, is gone. Those from print me. runs were much larger when you were younger. That by is the way. true, and true. there were That's, comics everywhere at that point. Yeah, you could go to Target, far less you stores know, now. Rather not Target, like Walmart. Print runs are know. tighter for a reason. That's true. Okay, that is true. Yeah. So, like, to just hope that your shop's going to have enough overstock for everybody there are no. a handful of shops that have gone on point. record this week and they're not speaking very very highly of what's going on and we, that's something that we got to just nip in the butt it's weird in what other industry have you heard like shop owners going on the record and basically insulting their customer base i mean or their potential customer base because what if punchline what if that got you know a handful of customers excited about comics and they think, you know what i like this character i'm interested to see where the story is going i want to go in i want to buy this and i want to you know we'll see where it goes from there these are potential customers i mean that's yeah. how i see it i mean we look at batman adventures 12 okay that sparked harley quinn harley quinn was everywhere new fans new titles new readership this could spark that yeah in the beginning people are trying to jump on that train that's natural for a lot of people, okay? So I'm excited for it. And, and she could fall through and not even be a hit in a right. month. 
Okay, who knows? You can get this book maybe, you know, let the hype go away. It's going to level out. And if you're a reader, there will be a second printing. If you're a reader and that first print doesn't matter to you as a reader, because that's the biggest thing I hear, I just want to read it, I'm not a collector like everybody else trying to make money, then wait for the second print. You know it's hot, tell your shop you want it, and it'll be there for you. So there's an aspect of this that I want to just kind of, I don't know, focus on a little bit because every shop is different. How LCS's structure and manage their titles, they're different across the board. It's really true. I mean, heck, I saw a Bleeding Cool article today where the shop owner was saying that he's making his uh, new customers that come in trying to get the um, issue, issue three, three, if they want to get that, yeah. they got to get one and two. They have to buy all three of them because to him, the first two issues were a flop because yeah. no one bought them, but now everyone wants issue three, and he thinks that's wrong. He thinks that's hurting the market. So that's one example of one shop owner who thinks that that's a good route to go in his community. I'm not going to judge him. Let, let Apparently, he's been up and running since 1985. Kudos. Sounds like he has been running since 1985. I wonder if he accepts debit cards. I digress. But shops in general have limits of how many issues you can buy. How, can you buy one? Can you buy two? Can you buy all of them? Um, are you taking care of your shelf customers? Um, what do you do after? You're raising prices on a hot book before like people can yeah, get there to buy it on the yeah. day of Wednesday. There's all, I mean, they're all doing different things. And when this type of speculation happens and all these customers come in, you see shops' true colors. You see what they do. And what I'm realizing is that there's no consensus. They don't know what to do because they're not ready for this kind of stuff. Well, you know, I mean, I feel like this character has staying power. I think that James Tiny and already he already said that she's going to be featured in the Joker War storyline, which, by the way, he's also introducing another character in number 92, the Under Broker is the name. And, you know, people are already cosplaying as punchlines. So that tells me that the character is resonating already with an audience. And to Jeff's point about what Harley has done for the comic book industry, I think that characters like that and possibly characters like Punchline bring more women into comic books, into being interested about comic books, especially this genre, the superhero genre of comic books. Yeah. I really like the design, man. I'm excited to see some true cosplay in this already. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's C2E2. We'll see it C2E2. We'll do a little, we'll, we'll count them up. We'll have to... Punchline. Yeah, I want to see how many punchlines we see. Yeah. And I'm excited about this character. Um, I understand the concern in the community because when comics spike the way they do in such a short time, you know, it's a cause for concern because, you know, we want to protect our community's wallets. We don't want them to lose money. But that's the cost to play because, you know what, the negative remarks that are happening are the, the people who are not as optimistic on a new character. Those people are just negative in general, and they're the ones who are always going to complain and come back to the 90s, or variants are crushing the market. There's always going to be the people just knocking it down, and and then always, it, they'll be saying that for 10, 15 years, they'll say that. And then when it finally happens, they'll be, I told you so. Yeah. It's like, if it eventually something, there'll be a correction in every market at some point, to some degree, or whatever it is. But like, if you're going to be negative in general about that stuff... Then that's just you well, yeah, and your personality I, with it. Right. I'd rather look on the pause and be like, cool character, excited for the future, love the design. Maybe I missed out on the newsstand for the first print. 
I'll catch it around next time or another book or now that I'm aware, knowing this character is available and now I'm gonna keep track of this title. Now that there's something happening here and exciting, what else is coming? Right. Yeah, and Jeff, it makes such a good point because there's so much negativity. There's so many people telling other people how to collect. Oh, these people, they uh, have FOMO or these people, we're gonna laugh at them when they when if this book tanks. But the bottom line is people like to collect People collect what they want. People are making decisions that they're comfortable with. And I I just don't understand why there's so much criticism against what people want to do in this hobby, right? I suggest if LCSs are having an issue because people are coming into their store to buy comic books. I know. It sounds weird to say that, but right. that's what's happening. I would like to look at this in a different way. If I had an LCS, which I don't, shout out Mel Geek Comics. <laughs> if I had a shop and there was a time where a Wednesday, by the grace of Thor, that waves of people were calling in, requesting a comic book, like to the point where they're irritated that they would take to the computer and spend hours writing something about their complaint, that's the day you should do a 25% off sale. That's a great idea, right? Right. Like, like, use it. On your use bed. it. Yeah. Don't complain. And maybe books that, you know, might not be moving or, you know, hey, why don't you come in? we got a 25% off sale or, you know. it's Everything is an opportunity once there's a customer that you are interacting with. And I'm not a shop owner, so that might be easy to say, but there's got to be something better than admonishing people that you might be calling speculators that might be readers who want to pick up this book because they're reading graphic novels or they're reading digital, but there's got to be a, a better way to invite people instead of turning them away. All right. Now, I want to move on to the next subject because we are going to be chatting about comic books that you can purchase at stock. Yeah, shares of a comic book. We've chatted about this in the past. Slap that like button if you find any value to the content that we do. We need your support right now. More than Please. ever. Please. It's freezing outside. It's really cold. Slap that like button for us. It makes us warm. All right, so we're going to jump into this. I was like, where's it going? No, no, it's, it's all coming back. Okay, we're talking about Otis again, all right? Otis is, I think, the first application on the market for comic book collecting following key. I'm just kidding. I'm just messing with you. No, key know, collector like, comics. Just, I'm, gonna just kidding. I'm just Otis kidding. Otis was an elevator company. No, no, no. Okay, no, no, no. I'm not screwing with you. Otis is a company that has an application. That's where everything is done. And they bring collectibles on the market. Now, they have art. They have shoes. They have skateboards. And I believe this is the first company to bring comic books to the market to be offered as a potential stock options. So... What do you mean, though? Let's try to... Break it down. Are you saying that people are able to buy a portion of stock for this comic? Like they're able to invest, let's say the comic book is worth $1,000. Somebody could pay uh, $100 and then they own 10% of it? 10 people could pay 100 yes. Okay. So Otis started this out with a Hulk 181, graded at 9.8. Over 100 people invested in this to get stock, you know, shares of this book. And it sold out quick. And we were anticipating this happening again, and we were kind of thinking about like, what could this look like long-term? Because this is a book that you'll never own. However, this is like the start of what could be a portfolio of comic books that you may never own in general, that you could get a piece of and kind of grow an investment portfolio out of. And there are two more comic books after months 
that have actually hit the app. They're not available yet, but I want to chat about it again and hear your, hear your guys' thoughts because we have two new comics. We have a Amazing Spider-Man 129, um, white to off-white pages at 9.8, first appearance of Punisher. And then the other book, same grade, same page color and quality, Giant Size X-Men number one. Hmm. So, gut response, Jeff, because you were the person who chatted with me about this first. My gut response is that they are clearly sticking with Bronze Age books. Okay. And I personally feel that it would be more interesting to own, I, I mean, Golden Age, obviously, because it's far more scarce than a 9.8 or a 9.8 Giant Size 1 or 129. There's quite a few out there. But, again, they're more relatable characters. I like the concept of comics becoming an investment. I do. So I'm for this now. Again, it's always weary because how is it regulated? They dictate. the. They're the ones who are putting a price of the book sure. and then shares. But again, I, I like the idea of it. And I just – I'm too sketched out to invest in it. But like for those who really want a piece of it, of a grail, this may be the way to do it. Well – you know, with the whole bronze, I, maybe the company doesn't want to invest in a, in, a, in a huge book right now. They might be testing the waters. They might be, you know, just trying out, well, you know, they could spend a couple, 10, 20,000 and see what happens. Yeah, I'd be curious to see how the community responds to this when the books get rarer. Because when we first started this coverage, I would say it was a probably a worse than a 50-50 split, wouldn't you say? I think a lot of people in the community in the comments were like, no way, Jose, I'm not going to invest in a comic book that I can't own. <laughs> like physically. Right. Yeah, they didn't like the idea of owning a piece, and then there was a great portion of people who liked the idea. So it was definitely nice to see the dynamic and that people are open to the idea because, like I mentioned earlier, I mean, I'd love to see it actually be something where comics are at this point where you can actually invest in them. You know, sure. Because not everyone, like you said, not everyone can own a nine eight. Well, and not everybody's interested in trying to understand the stock market or understand, you know, these different types, these aspects of the stock. But they are interested in comic books, and they might be interested in investing. So why not invest in something that you're truly interested in, like comic books? Or... And we'll see, because the Punisher, nine eight first, you know, Spidey one twenty nine. It's about a thirteen thousand dollar book. You got giant size nine eight. Maybe about $11,000 book. You know, I mean, that Hulk 21 was 35 and that sold out. So it'll be interesting to see when these come to market, how quickly they go. Because I think they will go. Yeah, I think they'll go quick. And I think the biggest thing is going to be when they start dabbling in Golden Age. I think we got to see that price marker hit past 35. You know, if we're looking at a book that's like forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000, all the people who are like, oh, I would never ever invest in a comic book for 12 grand that I would never be able to own. Well, you throw a $50,000 price tag, most collectors will never own a $50,000 comic. That's who this would be for. It's for those who want a piece of an action one. So that's why I like to watch what this company is doing because long-term, a decade goes by, there's not just three comics. There's dozens, there's possibly hundreds. And if the books keep scaling up, they keep that 9-8 strong, they keep having the community have the opportunity to invest in something that's like, you know, under 100 even exist. It's those types of books that you're going to see that marker move. 
And when portfolios can have a piece of comic history and like investment opportunities like that, that's when you're going to see the rest of them be able to piggyback. If someone's willing to put money against an action one or an action like something else that's really expensive, that person will then be more willing to put that money towards a ASM129 when it comes to market. You sound like you're very astute with the financials, Tom. I wish, man. I wish, but I can't afford it either. So I just want to get a action one. I want a piece. Yeah? Would you get a piece? I want a piece. Just, I would get a piece. One. Wait. Okay. Are you kidding me? Let's put a, let's put a line on that. Right, okay, right now. Okay, let's right. do the math. Right. Let's no, figure it let's out. Do it. Give me you a have, action. Let's figure out what the, what the amount let's would be. Do, and I'll tell you if I'll here, do it. Tom, here's a corner. Okay. Yeah. You want, you no, I don't want a corner. I want a piece. Yeah. Oh, okay, all right. Here's a stupid. You want a digital piece of a yeah. stock. I want a digital piece Action of Action one. Okay. Digi okay. Piece. Let's just say it's a low grade 1.0. Okay. 1.0. Give me a 1.0 1.0. Let's say it's a $300,000 book. Okay. Okay. $300 a share. You're telling me that you wouldn't pay $300 to have a piece of an Action one. That you could Does that not sound sell to another collector who wants a piece of Action One. How many? Three hundred dollars. People. How many? How much did people just pay for Hell Risen Three? Well, it's not the same thing though. It's not like you're actually <laughs> getting a piece of it. You, know what I mean? you are. Unless you are. It's what on are you your phone. Are you gonna give me a statement? I have oh, Key, hey, I have key Collector on my phone. Okay. But, oh, I, look, you if know? I had an Action hey. One, it wouldn't be in my house. I wouldn't see it anyway. It would probably be in a safety deposit box. That's it right there. So I wouldn't even see it. I wouldn't keep it on my that's home. That's a good point. Yeah, that's right? a good point. But yeah. you could still visit it. Hey, how are you? Action Comics <laughs> You could one. visit it. I visit yeah. books at yeah. the bank. Yeah. Hey, sorry it's been a few days. Hey. I haven't seen you in a while. That's true. Daddy's true. here. I get it. I got to imagine the bank employees just hate yeah. when you come in. They're like, oh, it's hey, that freaking, like, it's I that do. guy with the freaking comics. Guilty. Yeah. It's like, oh, I got three safety deposits. He just goes in there. What's he doing? I used to Smelling the he's just looking at him. <laughs> he keeps looking at him and smelling him and touches the plastic. Yeah, and he's saying if the Golden Age Guru is here. Right? <laughs> Look, Hello, guys. I, to button. me, honestly, it doesn't sound like something. It's like you're 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 owning something that's not even tangible. You're not. I can look at my phone. I can see. Oh, look, I own the wheel. Of uh, the car that Superman's thrown into the wall. Eventually. No, you You're own not... a piece of Volkswagen stock. No, of the investment of it. I get it, but I think with collectibles, especially comic books, look at how much there's these bragging rights. It seems like there's so much. There is a certain, there's the pride of ownership of actually having the book, owning the book. I'm not saying that it's not something that could work or it's not something that sure. you guys would or wouldn't do. I mean, what's the question? Are we asking, I'll is this something question. that you would do? If it was legit, absolutely legit, okay, yeah. this was regulated and everything was on the up and up. Comic fam, $300 a share, okay, 1,000 shares. It's going to sell out. Yeah. I promise you it will sell out. 1,000 shares, $300 a pop. Would you buy it? Yeah, would action one. It? Because that's the thing we would did talk about. Would you buy one share? How many of you would buy one share just one to have a piece share. of it? Yeah. Let us know in the comment section below. It'll enter you to win a free year of Key Collector Comics courtesy of Nick. Nick. This guy who started so the app. We should have talked about this before we went ahead. All right, a year. Yeah, All right, okay. but, or you can All use right. the code TOM101 and get yourself a free week subscription of the best comic book collecting that's app right. on the market. Is there anything like new happening on Key Collector right now? That no, absolutely gotta... nothing. It's a dead man's zone. Oh, my gosh. No, <laughs> well, no, no. Of course. There's, there's a new Jim Lee category. <laughs> there's, a, there's a Jim Lee category for uh, anybody that's trying to figure out what to get signed at the C2E2 or you know whatever convention might be coming to town by you. But you can search all artists and writers and categories under the variance button and, you know, 
There's the top 100 modern, top 100 bronze. You know silver. what I really enjoyed that you did this what year? What do you like, Tom? The C2E2 button. We have a C2E2 exclusives button. There's like 40, 50 different categories on there right Still now. Something randomizer. for everybody. The randomizer's the best. Randomizer's been killing it. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, use that code Tom101. Help support the show, but also help your own comic book hunt and collecting. It pays for itself. Guarantee it. Or just entertainment value. Yeah. You know, just learning stuff. Right. Um, I want to chat now about Rob Liefeld. Oh, Rob Liefeld. You, were you guys confused what Rob I was going to talk no, about? There's no other Rob to talk apparently about. Yeah, the, really apparently the yeah, Kurt right? Cobain of comics. I don't, where does that come from? I don't know. Cobain? He posted that on his Instagram. There was a YouTuber. Wait, wait, he said? There was, hey, I'll show you. But there's a, there was a YouTuber who made a video about the history of like Rob Liefeld and comic books and what have uh. you. And he, the, the thumbnail was the Kirk, that Rob Liefeld is the Kurt Cobain of comics. And Rob Liefeld had to repost that. And he's like, I'll take it. I so, think it's probably he, because it's the closest thing to a compliment that Rob's gotten, you know? That <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, well, all right. So, Rob, I just, I want to like Rob so bad. Do you? I do. I kind of do. I want to like, because here's the thing. Because Rob has so many things going for him. Like, I know there's a lot of things we can pick apart. We can talk about feet, and we can talk about Captain America in, yeah. the, in the bust. But that's like, it's silly. And the real thing is comic book collectors and like people who are really into this community, like you can complain about a lot of people's art. Like there's everybody. Mignola's done some pretty questionable stuff and he's my favorite artist, you know? Like it's, it's, it's something that we put aside. Like we joke, but we put it aside. Rob is not helping his brand. And we talk about him, I mean, I wanna say often. And by brand, you mean him, his persona. Yeah, him, his persona, his work. His legacy. Yeah. Legacy. That's a good way to put it. Probably a better legacy, way to put it. Yeah, I'd say legacy is a good way to put it because he is somewhat inflammatory on you know pretty much in a lot of different places that he pops up. He yeah. shouldn't be on Twitter. There's some okay for real. For there are what? people in this community and in general in the world who should stick to certain social media platforms. Not everybody should be on Twitter. Right. Stick to Instagram. Post pictures. Do some videos on you know on Instagram Live. You know, some people literally spend too much time on Twitter. Rob spends too much time on Twitter. And you may go, He's how do you impressive. know? How do you know, Tom, that Rob spends too much time on Twitter? You go to his Twitter and you literally, I was trying to find tweets tonight about this segment. How long did it take me to find his tweet? A half wow. hour? Yeah, because there was a lot of... I was scrolling, scrolling. This guy literally just lives... a lot of activity lives, between then and now. ...lives on Twitter. Yeah. And it's like, dude, get off Twitter. It's going to be okay. You're not helping anybody here so anyways i want to chat about this because there's new labels that cgc has mm -hmm. i'm stoked i like new labels i like the, the new pedigree label that came out i'm like hell yeah let's start talking about pedigrees let's get people into pedigrees long overdue new cgc labels add in some spice you know throwing deadpool on the label and it's witty it's like deadpool breaking the fourth wall he's asking for a 9.9 .9. when was the last time you saw a 9 .9. superhero character trying to like have fun with the collector's community requesting a grade on a comic yeah. book. Never. 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 This is awesome. But what's the problem with Rob now? Well, the problem is, is that as soon as Rob saw that there was a Deadpool label, he immediately posted that he will not be signing any of the labels. What? No. Okay. So, <laughs> okay, here's the first thing. Why? Why what? won't he sign them? 
Okay, so he won't sign them because Deadpool's on the label. He created Deadpool, and I'm assuming he's not getting a cut for Deadpool being on the label. It's a weird thing, but here's the... It, it, what's even stranger than that explanation, which he never actually gave, he just straight up said he will have nothing to do with this, is that he said he wouldn't sign the label, which doesn't actually make sense because the label happens after the signature. So if anything, he's kind of just showing his you know, naivete. Yeah, I don't understand. I mean, the book gets encapsulated after it's signed, and so I could get something signed by Rob, and then it gets sent to CGC. He doesn't have any, unless he's, you know, in the mailroom, in disguise, like just erasing his, you know, erasing his signature. This is just where it gets more of just Rob being Rob. Yeah, maybe it's like he, another he's Rob. Just, I won't. He's <laughs> full of I won'ts. Okay, <laughs> I won't sign for CGC. A year later, he's praising CGC on YouTube. Okay, and now again, we're not working with CGC. Like, I will not sign this book. I will not sign that book. I won't. I won't. I won't. So when he, when someone posts things like this on the internet like some people are like ah he's just he's just complaining let him complain well here's the thing you type in like rob liefeld on google and you don't see a you don't see very many good things you look up rob liefeld cgc and you see his complaints about these types of situations but what's fun is that google highlights the most sourced and like active comments that are on the internet and places it right on the homepage. So Rob thinks that he's actually doing his legacy. We'll just continue saying legacy because we can poke and, and talk about whatever, but let's just say his legacy. He thinks he's doing something good for his legacy. But here are just like the most featured comments right underneath his tweet. I don't understand how he can control this as encapsulation happens after the fact. Gossip. It's okay. like, that's like I wrote that. Because I, I just the said The first that. thing a comic book collector would say is like, what are you saying? So that's just the first thing. How about the second thing? Huh. Always something with this guy. This is on Google. This is like, Rob said something. This is all you see. There's always something with this guy. So, uh, here's the next one. I'm literally, this is the third one. I'm not exaggerating. I'm not skipping any. Some creators need to get a grip and stop with the gripe. Ooh. Right? They just throw an E on the end of that grip. I know. So it's just like... It's gripping. So if he doesn't want to participate in signatures, you know what? He's not the only person in the past who's gone on record to say this. One of the first videos I made on this channel was talking about Jim Starlin. And now he had his gripes about CGC too, which they were all nonsense as well. But it sounds like maybe he got a grip because we haven't heard of that in a while. Oh, he's back signing things for CGC like it's nothing? Look, Rob, Rob has been around f since the late 80s, and he, he pretty much grew up, in a sense, in comic books. And think about it. He's faced a lot of scrutiny and criticism throughout a, a very long career. Uh, at, 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 I, mean, I don't think he's stopped working. I don't think he has, has he? He's always been creating, even, you know, there's been some lulls where maybe he did less, but the bottom line is he has probably heard it all, and he's let it deflect off of him, and I don't really think that there's that sense of, should I not say this? Am I saying this right? Should I? It's just Rob, and it's, and it's almost kind of fun to have somebody like that in this this hobby because 
you got to have excitement. Like the punchline thing is exciting, you know. Some Rob stuff bubbling up. It's exciting. It's it's you need stuff that's continually new to talk about. And comic books are stories, written art, but it's also a community of creators and fans. And it, th- there's no mistaking that both are very interesting in their own ways. Yeah, like I think it's maybe entertaining, but it's entertaining in a negative way for me. I'm watching this guy just say things that are just stupid. Just plain stupid. Yeah. And you look at him and he, and he says these things and it seems like just a train wreck. Okay? And it's somebody who doesn't quite have the correct perspective of what the industry is, should be, and how to function in it. Okay? And so that's the problem. Maybe it's, like I said, like you like you were saying, it's, it's you know, um, what did you call it? I called it entertainment. You called it... Um, Monkey business? Yeah, I'm trying to reuse the adjective you had. But, like I said, it's it's entertaining, but I feel bad. And I don't think I don't think it's a good thing. I really don't. And For his he legacy. needs to figure it out. And his legacy, look, I like you said, Rob, I grew up with the comics and the design of the image, okay? <laughs> I get it. And for somebody who really kind of took off in, uh, with image publishing, he's not really caring about his image much. <laughs> oh. Okay? So, I would wish that someone can start editing him, whether it's a publicist or what. Yeah. But he's way too impulsive. I was going to say that. This guy okay. needs a P, uh, he needs a PR person. He needs to be sending his tweets to someone else to tweet it for him. And that may sound funny. Like, who does that? Yeah, a lot of celebrities do that. Like, there's a ton. A lot of comedians do that, too. They send their stuff to somebody, and then they go, all right, is this something we want to put out to the world? And sometimes it just takes that one extra step for them to realize, you know what, maybe this isn't worth it. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe Rob just hired a really bad uh, tweet checker. Well, well, the fact that he goes live and just starts rattling, you know, just starts going off on the industry, he doesn't have any PR help. He's just doing what he does. He gets a free pass. You know I mean? He's been around forever. He does his thing. He has his stalwart fans that are always going to be his fans it doesn't matter what happens it doesn't matter so and it's, he gets a free pass if he were different if he were you know not creating waves i don't know how much interest there would be in seeing more of of him and not and not saying because his art is is bad or it has gotten you know has gotten bad but i i think that people like the the personality the history of rob the spirit of rob and his art, and I think that it's all sort of one package. So, comic fam, in the comments, I'm gonna do. I'm just doing. Do it. Time. Do it. Do you think Rob gets a free pass, or do you think Rob should be reined in? Ooh, I am pumped to go through that comment section to see what the community has to say. I just want him to be. I, I want him real dead. Rain in him, Rain him in. Just bring him in. Get that last one, Rob. Help him out. Come on, Rob. Bring him come in. on. Yeah, I mean, gotta get out. Just be quiet, right? Everybody, uh, let's give Rob a hug. Yeah, well, just draw a Deadpool on a balloon, all right? I don't know if you've ever been to a convention, but Rob sells balloons. He draws the Deadpool eyes on it, and there you go. You get you get a balloon, Deadpool. Like which a I sketch, think, a sketch of a balloon. Yeah, he no, doesn't bring. He brings balloons. Yeah, 
Oh, I didn't know oh, that. I'm just kidding. He'll do it. No, I'm thinking like, no, 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 I'm just kidding. I'm like, he's selling balloons. But that's a good idea. Right? Can you imagine a bunch of people walking around with, with Deadpool balloons? balloons? That'd be awesome. That would be awesome. Yeah, but then he'd get mad at the balloon idea. company. It's like, because I am it's, like it's yeah, red yeah. and I Deadpool was red first. No. And, no. and then he'd you know. be pissed at helium. Yeah. Yeah. Comic fam, thank you so much for watching this video. Slap that like button. Hit the subscribe button. We make so much comic book themed content. And also, you're going to want to go over to CGC's Instagram page, yeah, the Certified Guarantee Company, because we hosted their social media for the weekend, and we did some behind the scenes stuff. First time I think anyone from the collector's community has ever had a chance to do this. Hit the link in the description, go follow over on Instagram, CGC's page, and let them know we sent you. Yeah, you're gonna see a perspective I don't think you've ever seen or anyone's shown before. You gotta check it out. I have nothing to do with it, but you guys should check out their Instagram, CGC's Instagram page. That's right. And, as always, three dudes on a couch, all geeky responsibly. You should too. Buff set. Yo, comic fam. Oh, we have a giveaway to announce too. Tim Sheets, you won ASM annual number 21. Yeah, the wedding issue. Thanks for commenting on the video. Congratulations.